Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Reds today offer sincere thanks to Huddersfield and David Wagner for grabbing a point at Stanford Bridge. Klopp probably owes the man a stein and some schnitzel. Leaving the job at Anfield a mere draw for Klopp's men to achieve top four. Should we all ruminate on the ways Liverpool can F this up? I think not. So let me begin with a quick sorry to our listeners for the relative hiatus over the past couple weeks. We've all been potting after work hours and majority of us have been tied up in prep. And this is the good news for a coming trip to Kiev. So that's positive, but thank you for your patience. So welcome. I am your host, Jeff Hallett, and I'm joined by uh, the always venerable Jimmy Torrijon. Hey, Jimmy. Somewhat salty, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> Never <laughs> wrong. Continue. There's a lot of adjectives you could add here. Should you concede defeat on all the debates we're about to have now, or do you want to wait to the end? Well, if we concede, there's no pod, and this is where we stop. <laughs> Which could be the most effective use of our time, but we'll just press on ahead. Anyway, um, <laughs> so real quick, the flow for this pod. So we're going to start with some cool announcements coming up for the Talk On podcast, and we'll sort through the latest headlines. Then we'll get into the match. And this has become an extra final for all of us to pay attention to, as if our anxiety wasn't already on 11 leading up to Champions League final. So what is it going to take with Brighton? Come away with a win, which is really a draw or better. And then we'll get out of here in about 45 minutes or so. So without further ado, why don't we start with the big announcements? So first, I wanted to send a shout out to our international listeners. This podcast is based in the United States and has a very healthy listenership in the US, but we're very privileged to have listenership around the world. So Liverpool listeners, Scotland, Great Britain writ large, welcome to the pod. We're so glad you're listening. Um, Australia. India, and even Egypt. These are growing nations with our listenership, and we're very proud to have you as part of this. So thank you for joining. So to the announcements. Uh, first, the Talk On crew, myself, Brian Painter, and Tyler Vinyl. All three of us are headed to Kiev. So you can expect lots of pre- and post-match activity. Wherever we happen to be, we might be in a pub. Our blood alcohol concentration might vary. But for sure, it'll be entertaining. So expect those pods coming up in the coming weeks. And then we also have some awesome football writers. Can't mention them by name yet because we're in the process of sorting through who's going to join when. But they'll help us preview the Champions League final in the coming weeks. So it's awesome, I guarantee, and there's more to come. And finally, the Steve Nichol book. We're going to do a remix of an interview that we did under the Cafe Football podcast that Jimmy and I hosted eons ago, it feels like. So expect that to upload uh, right after Brighton. So some cool stuff coming up for sure. So why don't we get right into the headlines? So let's start with the summer shopping list. It is getting clearer. Uh, Klopp announced 
month and a half back that Liverpool were in the market for a replacement number six, sort of signaling the end of Emerjan or maybe Henderson in the captain's role, about to find out. An attacking replacement for Coutinho, even though our needs at the position have sort of changed over time with Mane drifting into that number 10 role sometimes. Um, certainly depth is a key concern. And then, of course, our needs for a proper pair with Van Dyke at center half. So that continues to be a priority. And also, given some of the rumors that we've heard, back up at keeper, given Karius's run of form since he really took the reins of the job. So first of all, uh, Jimmy, it sort of signals the end of the quote-unquote in the know in Liverpool circles. Because these transfers happen and we find out. And there really isn't a lot of substantive speculation before or even leading up to unless it's already done. You see a tweet from Paul Joyce, whatnot. Would you think this is a good thing? Uh, yeah, I do. Both, both Klopp and Edwards seem to have a really good relationship. Not too long ago, Edwards, uh, actually Klopp donated to Edwards, I, I believe it's a cancer charity awareness run. I think he donated about 4,000 pounds. So you see that there's this good connection between the two of them. They're probably on the right page. Something that you couldn't say during the Brendan Rodgers, the Kenny Dagleish, the Roy Hodgson era. Uh, I know you tried to single out Brendan Rodgers uh, solely for the leaks, which is untrue. Um, there has been a long, at least since I've been watching the history of managers who just their their targets seem to be leaked or they seem to be known by everyone on the Internet uh, way before anything would happen. But these two men seem to have a good relationship and they're keeping things on the DL for until, like you said, until the, the signings actually come in, such as this, uh, prior or after, I'm sorry, the big mess up that uh, FSG and the the botching of the transfer for Virgil van Dijk over the summer. And um, everybody kind of understood that Liverpool might be trying to go back in for him, but no details were coming out, whether they were meeting up again, whether there was a deal agreed, and then it just popped up right right before the new year. And I think, I believe right after Christmas, that with that picture on Instagram, Virgil van Dijk holding up a, a kit, and everybody was very excited, only for that to be somewhat... Uh, downplayed by by the departure of Coutinho, which also came out of nowhere, if we're being completely fair and honest. It's true. Um, we were, at least as a fan base, I think most of us were hoping that Coutinho would stay throughout the rest of the, the season for obvious reasons, um, maybe having fourth wrapped up by now and having a stronger chance in the Champions League final. But just to come back to to it all, to finish my, my point here is that, yes, I do believe these two men have, have created a good relationship to the fact that now things are more or less so actually secret rather than in, in the nose and also the whole internet being in the know as well. Yeah. And it, I think it really highlights, you know, what is fake news and what isn't. And the purported rumors that come out of Spanish press or, you know, there is some early indicators of, say, the Coutinho move that came out proved to be valid. But it seems the fake news is on overdrive when it comes to who's going to replace whom and who's falling out of favor in what country or what club that seemed to be a good target for Liverpool. So it's, I think, a good thing. It'll weed out all the bad. I think the hysteria will continue. But as Klopp continues to bring in the big names that you don't know about until they're already done. And you know, speaking of the attacking midfielder targets, so you've got Fakir 
again, drop from out of the sky, not a in the know, <laughs> really in the know on that one, which is good. Uh, number one, phenomenal target. Uh, Sadio Mane endorsed and seems to be a perfect fit in the midfield. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I mean, honestly, I hadn't even heard of, of the player until the name was dropped. And you know what? Everyone looks good on YouTube when you look up stats and um, and you look up highlights. Uh, where do you base your looks like he would be a good fit on? Is it the fact that Mane gave him an endorsement as soon as he seemingly heard it uh, on camera? Because, and I'm sorry to blast you, Jeff, but from <laughs> our conversations that we have, you do not seem to rate the, the French league whatsoever calling it number five out of five leagues in Europe. I believe you also agree with that. And we're not talking... Okay, fine, you don't. But we're not talking about the transfer of a club or even a league. We're talking about a player. Uh So I wouldn't also rate the Italian league in the top three, uh, along with Spain, Germany, England. So we seem to have picked up a very notable winger from the Italian league last year. So... It's not the play. It's not the club. It's not the league. When we're comparing leagues, it's the player. Mm-hmm. And he's done a really good job at. Uh, I believe he's netted twenty-two times during the season. That's what I've read. Um, he comes from Lyon, which is seventeen points away from first, which is PSG, and one point uh, above third place Monaco. So that means that there is this constant pressure. Uh, it's not like they ran away with their position. So he's battle tested. He's played. A good season from what it looks like, obviously attracting some interest from Liverpool. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I will give you the benefit of the doubt, but uh, the way you talk sometimes about the French League, uh, it's almost as though you would consider those 22 goals as maybe about seven or eight goals in the Premier League, uh, which is something I do not agree with. No. Fantastic target from, from the statistics and from what I've seen. Yeah, um, in the midfield, let's, you know, we could debate leagues and comparisons be- between players and leagues all day long, but um, there are other targets. So, uh, s- one of my favorite, uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, so- so called SMS, mm. uh, from Lazio, phenomenal target. Uh, long rumored to go to United. I don't know if he'll end up moving in the summer. There's mixed reports w- whether he'll actually move, but ideal for our midfield if we especially add a capable number six which seems to be right on Klopp's radar so Emre it seems for the first time too I don't think uh, Klopp has ever in his managerial career actually targeted a number six in the transfer window I I believe that was one of the things that he came in with when he joined the club in um, 2015 I think it was and then it, it it's something that Liverpool fans have been calling for uh, ever since, from what I can remember, uh, maybe all the way back to, to Daglish and definitely around Brendan Rodgers. So targeting the number six, that's, uh, that's a good step in that right direction, I would say. There, there definitely needs to be some depth added uh, to that position. Which we're all learning painfully, right? The bodies that are left are the ones Literally that, are, that, that, that are, yeah, yeah, painfully. <laughs> We're going to see them at the weekend versus Brighton, which so much riding on a match that a lot of us thought would be meaningless at the beginning of the campaign. But if we've got top four qualification on the table and walking into a European final, I, I don't see any reason why at the beginning of season, as Ali correctly stated to our listeners, why any of us wouldn't take that at the beginning of the season. So it's a fortunate position. A lot of us are, you know, bemoaning the days past. Liverpool supporters used used to 
suffering and doing things the hard way. That seems to be a persistent theme on Twitter. But I think all of us would have taken this as an outcome at the beginning of the season. And certainly I will at this point. So that's in terms of the midfield targets there, Thomas Lamar, uh, Ruben Neves uh, and Ndidi, both targets for that number six role. I think mm. those those are both very interesting for Liverpool. Uh, Jorginho, of course, his name has been added to that list, the Brazilian that's an Italian national. The way he's able to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Canary in Blue would consider him, <laughs> like half Brazilian. Oh, he's Italian. Point. He's not going to be on the, on the Brazil squad. He, he made his allegiance choice to play for the Italy, uh, the Italian squad, and that's where he is. Yeah. Maybe uh, Firmino should have done a similar thing. I'm just kidding. Um, so, well, I mean, Costa did it first, so that's I mean, true. A trend, maybe that, that is knows? true. Yeah. So, anyway, in terms of the six, there's a lot of names. Um, the center back pair for Van Dyke, which I think is critically necessary, as we're seeing now. I mean, the sheer volume of mistakes that lead to goal that get attached to Mr. Lovren's name, mm-hmm. whether they show up in the stats or not. I mean, it's clear that his standard of play uh, isn't it's good enough for now and Klopp has made the most of his lineup his 11 but I agree going forward I, I think he sees you, you got to have a more capable backup um, a pair for Van Dyke and then Lovren can come in and when Lovren's focused and he's properly directed he can do good things as we've seen in this most recent Champions League run but too many mistakes too often I prefer that he wouldn't be in the squad at all, but I've been on that train since 2014. So. <laughs> I'd rather have Matip as as the the backup, and you bring in another pair for Virgil Van Dijk. I think that's that's the the best way to go. The only uh, drawback to that is that Matip seems to be more injury prone than Lovren is. Yeah. Uh, you can't count Lovren's mental mistakes and errors and emotional letdowns and uh, emotional swings that he has as injuries, apparently. So. Um, He's not as injury prone as Matip is. Yeah, but Matip also prone not to take interviews before a match and beat his chest. So there's that part. But yeah. I mean, oh, some people think that's a positive. <laughs> uh, you know, they like to have a verbal. Well, I mean, not to get too much into, but I believe that Lovren is still trying to portray himself as that vocal leader in the back. Um, I, I, I'm glad that Virgil van Dijk doesn't seem to have a problem with having a, a chirpy little uh, partner on, on his side. And um, as long as Lovren is in the starting lineup, uh, definitely going to support him. Just don't believe he's the best choice. Yeah. And I think it's obvious that Virgil, not only has he slotted in perfect into the 11 and made that role his own, he's really leading from the back. I think he's put him in a, himself in a position to be captain next year and will probably be walking around with the armband. We'll see how that evolves. But leadership is sometimes letting the chirpy ones do what they do. And when it comes time on the pitch, he's directing like a boss, you know, Henderson, Karius, Lovren, you know, and the last thing we need to be doing is the constant chop and changing at the back, you know, giving him a new center back partner to acclimate to done way too much of that this year between Mati, Lovren, Oh, that's not his fault. Those are injuries. Oh, I understand. Uh, but you, yeah. you get someone that, that is capable and can stay healthy. Um, so that triumvirate of that partner plus Karius and even the holding midfielder in the new six that comes in, they can develop a relationship. Then Liverpool really starts to look formidable with Trent, 
and uh, and Rabo on on the backs. It, it'd be very difficult to find competition at that level. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be uh, difficult to to find a a new number six that would be a starter. I definitely think that they can find a number six uh, that can uh, challenge both themselves and Henderson. Since uh, you and I, I think are in the same boat that uh, Jean is on his way out. Um, but I think I think you that Liverpool and, and Klopp should be able to find. Although I don't have any names off the top of my head, they should be able to find a center half that's going to start over whether it be Lovren and Matip or just one of either and to partner us alongside uh, Virgil van Dijk. You, uh, in your notes, you have here a goalkeeper backup. Uh, you and I have already discussed this multiple times over just personal chats that we have around the Slack group. Uh, a big fan of Karius. I was very excited to see that Klopp stuck with him, that he put him in the starting lineup towards the, the half of the season and to what he's done now. Uh, unfortunately for me, he's been not showing the best performances in the past few matches, including Champions League and uh, Premier League in in very important times. And so if there is, only if there is a possibility of a world-class keeper, uh, which I believe Allison is, and he's available, or Oblak for some reason, if he's available, you go for world-class over the building project that is Karius. That's just the way I stand. Yep. I think Karius's form since the new year when Klopp really officially handed him the reins has more than deserved the starting role going in next year. I think and, I would agree with you all the way up until the uh, quarterfinal tie against Manchester City. I completely 100 agree with you that he's earned this, the, the first spot, was in great form, had some great saves against Man City uh, during the quarterfinal Champions League tie, had some great saves throughout. Uh, and then he started to not look as good. Uh, maybe just the competition being a little bit uh, above his level at the time, and it's his first time in it. So there's a lot of nerves. He's a young keeper. He, di- he didn't start the entire season, but showing some cracks in what was a very promising and well-due uh, time as number one between the sticks. Yeah, and I don't think anyone ar- would argue if he does the job at the weekend versus Brighton, which I fully expect. I mean, we have blasted them 5-1 earlier in the year. And, you know, before that, not a loss to to talk about, really. Uh, You've got one draw from a long time ago, and then you've got, you know, one-sided wins since. Of course, Brighton gave City a bit of a scare, playing, you know, with a lot of substitutes towards the end of the season last weekend. But I think none of us would argue if Karius delivers the result on Sunday and walks into the Champions League final and takes home a trophy. I, I don't think you're moving him from that spot. That's just me. Yeah, here's the thing. I can't think of a goalkeeper backup that would not see that position as their number one, as they deserve the number one spot compared uh, just based on the type of level Klopp and, and and his assistants like to buy. So in any backup that you buy, I think if they're not world-class, uh, might see that number one spot as their own. And so, I don't know. We might find ourselves in another Mignolet Karius situation. And and I think either Karius gets full reins of it if, if Klopp wants to back him, it's totally fine. But if he's going to go look for someone, I believe that there's a couple of options out there that he should go for that are clearly 
uh, world-class potential rather than strong potential that I think Curious has right now. I don't know if he has the world-class potential and you buy them. I just, the, the, it's a difficult situation. And I think it's a good problem to have, yeah. uh, the situation with Carius, but definitely a big fan of, of the keeper and just showing way too many inconsistencies uh, as, as the season comes to a close that not completely his fault, obviously, uh, but have put Liverpool in this position where they have to win or draw. They have to get a result against Brighton at the weekend rather than this should have been wrapped up, uh, two or three matches ago. Yep. And, of course, he's not going to see many minutes in the summer for World Cup. You're not going to be able to review what Loris Karius is going to be doing with the Germany squad because he's got way too much competition in front of him. So this is his time to shine. So we'll see what the result is come the weekend, come UCL final. But uh, obviously, Liverpool in a really good position to come good, especially from his perspective. So let's move on to the second bit of news. Uh, Emrejan. So... Liverpool supporters, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but Liverpool on Twitter has really done a good job of playing butthurt on Emre. You know, perceived injustice because he's at 24, opening up his options is probably his most critical period as a quote unquote free agent out of contract, finding a club that that suits him and particularly the wages, the maximum wages, which I, I don't begrudge the man. Like you... I think you've earned it. I think you've got the skill. You've got the quality. Got a lot of clubs interested as a result. Juve, City, many others. So go get your best deal is my position on it. It would be a horrible shame. Player that you developed, bought low, and is starting to show quality. Of course, he's got his injury problems, but quality in that midfield, you can't argue. And what he's done for the club, playing injured last year, I mean, who could forget the bicycle kick at Watford towards the end of the year, which turned into be a valuable three points from that. I, I just don't know how you don't rate Emre or you know trying to beg for him to come back by the final. Doesn't look like he's going to make it, but he's some quality. I don't want to see him walk. Jimmy? Uh, I agree. Uh, Emre Jean is a fantastic talent. Um, I, I think that he's done really well in his development. I think he's been a exceptional, exceptional professional up until his injury. I think he was playing. He showed passion when the team scored. He was celebrating when he scored. He was celebrating. I think he did a really good job at keeping his team unity um, and the morale up in that way. I don't think, and obviously this is just based off clips that we see on TV or interviews that we might see after the match or pre-match. So uh, we obviously do not have in 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 person. Uh, point of view here but it doesn't seem as though the the squad has any issues with him it's just that as you said he's a young player uh, I do not believe that he is uh, number one uh, he is not a name on the starting lineup if he's not injured um, he's not a guarantee as a starter I don't think he can be world-class at Liverpool mm. uh, I think he needs to find himself uh, in another league in another position with other team members to actually uh, get to that level. I do think he he has world class potential. I just don't think he will be able to do it at Liverpool with this squad. I just don't think he's good enough. Um, but as you mentioned, this is this is his time to go get that that big contract to set him up for the next five years of his life if he decides to stay at at a club like that. And 
I mean, I'm not going to begrudge him for going to uh, Juve. Uh, That's a huge club. Uh, Always in contention for the league title in Italy. Always in contention for the Champions League. Um, Attracts world-class players. They have players like Dybala there right now. Obviously, Buffon is going to is going to retire after the end of this season, but they, they are always attracting world-class players and has a lot of history. If that that club attracted him to go over there and his heart isn't with Liverpool, he's played out his contract uh, to the best of his ability, in my opinion, and I think he's been really respectful. And if he wants to go, that now's the time to go. Uh, it, there doesn't seem to be much of... Uh, there, there isn't a lot of issues. He's not creating a strife in, in the squad, as we saw when Coutinho left or when Suarez left or when Fernando Torres left, I, I just feel as though this is if this is it for him, then this is it for him and, and may he go flourish elsewhere. Uh, as you mentioned, it doesn't seem as though he is going to make it uh, to not only not to, to the Champions League final. He underwent a scan this past Monday, the 7th of May. The results were inconclusive. Um, so they're actually going to have further tests possibly return to full training next week with the squad but that would be you know less than two weeks before the actual final and to get into that type of rhythm not sure if he's going to be able to make it unfortunately yeah which is a huge disappointment appointment to him like in addition to missing oh absolutely achieving top four champions league League final and don't forget about world cup i mean he was dead set on you know yeah. trying to make that squad i don't know if he does well, with the back injury he was, right he was part of he was part of the the uh b squad the c squad that won the confederations cup last summer i mean he was a a, a starter i believe during that tournament last summer that is a huge blow for him um i'm not sure if he's going to be one of those selected i actually haven't been keeping up with that uh for for germany's there's no but, way he's but, got way too much competition in that midfield yeah yeah, it, that's that's so true. He gave himself a shot after last summer in, in the way things are going right now, unfortunately because of injuries, because I think he was playing well. He wasn't... Um, no, he was playing well for Liverpool up until he, he got injured. So that's why I have no issues with him. I think he would have had an outside chance of maybe just making the squad. Um, I wish him to get better as soon as possible, and then whatever he decides to do, uh, best wishes on him. Yeah, I, I just... With... You know, he's not going to be back this particular week, but if somehow a miracle was pulled off, I, I don't think there was any, anything that would block him from wanting to vie to be in the final in some way, shape, or form. I know it doesn't in any way define what Klopp would consider fit, you know, I mean, he's also got to consider the rest of his, uh, the rest of his career. He cannot put his career in jeopardy just for one match. This is it. It's a huge match, obviously, but one match at his age over the possibility of re-injuring and then not being able to come back for the start of the new season, wherever he ends up. I, you know, uh, that's why he's got, that's why the team's got trainers who are going to coach him through that. I mean, he's going to do his best to try to get fit. I feel like he's been doing that this entire time. And I'm not sure if Klopp would put him as a starter, to be honest, because John has not been playing in uh, these ties leading up to this final, but he would definitely be, be someone off the bench that you would like to have. No question. So why don't we get on to the final bit of news? Of course, Markel Grucic, who's been with Cardiff, who will be promoted next year in the Premier League. So he's logged a total of 13 league matches, uh, finished one goal, zero assists, little concerning. But that style of, you know, number one, benefited from consistent game time, which he wasn't going to get 
with Klopp's men. So that was a positive for him. And no question that he's had, you know, a positive impact on Warnock's side. There's a reason he picked him in January. There's a reason that he was starting for, you know, most of those 13 games. And towards the end of the season, of course, you know, that's, he's logging maybe a minute or two in, in, in the end games. But I think it was in the end good for him. And I think it projects pretty well next year, rejoins the side in the summer. Jimmy, how do you see it? I definitely agree. I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe those were 12 starts in, in one substitute appearance. Um, just based on, uh, I looked it up on, I think it's who scored for, for his stats. But um, his average rating, I think you mentioned it prior to our conversation here live, uh, average rating being a, a seven, which is a, a solid average, um, a solid rating per match. Uh, what I find more concerning rather than the zero assists is his 58% pass percentage. But young player uh, got loaned out, got the experience uh, with a team, as you mentioned, or finished second in, in the championship, automatically promoted, do not have to go through the playoffs. They're all, they're all said and they're done. Um, w- with the, the injury spell that Liverpool has had towards the end of this season, you are most definitely ex- ex- expecting Liverpool to be challenging again for the Premier League title, or not this season, but I mean for the Premier League title next season, and hopefully have a deep run in Europe again, you're definitely going to need a player. Uh, you're definitely going to need depth at that midfield, and he can definitely be one of those players. But you're right. I mean, the, the fact that he got uh, so many appearances, at least for the for the beginning stage of his loan, is always a good thing. No question. Okay, why don't we move on now to the actual match, this extra final that we get to play this weekend. And again, thanks to Huddersfield's fine work at Stanford Bridge, all we need is a draw or better. And I think Klopp with an actual week to prepare, which he just hasn't had in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, from before Stoke, three days to prepare in four consecutive matches. That's impossible for any match, any manager. And there, it's made painfully clear the absence of depth on Liverpool squad. So with the injuries, between the injuries and this business that didn't get done in the summer and January, it's, it's become painfully obvious that they need the depth. They're going to need the depth in the summer. And, you know, here we go into a final with Brighton. So there is a decent history of success limited success but just because brighton's been you know probably more comfortable in the championship but they've made it to the Premier league this year and hats off to them they've remained they're safe through the end of the season so one could argue that they're already on the beach completely cool they're safe they're fine you know nothing really to fight for in this match but jimmy they gave manchester city a bit of a headache of course, Danilo got the first goal and then Brighton equalized pretty quickly. So they're capable of stretching Liverpool. But I don't think the recent evidence, and this has been Liverpool on you know, sufficient rest in between matches, the full week to prepare like Klopp is given finally in this one. So Jimmy, like, do you see a victory? Do you see Liverpool being able to accomplish the result and Anfield treating it like the important match it is? 
Um, okay. So first thing that I understand the sentiment, and it's not just coming from you, it's coming from everywhere uh, that I've been looking at for, for this match against Brighton being called the final. That just reminds me so much of Arsenal uh, and their fourth place trophy. And um, it's a final. If you, if you earn your spot into the top four, I just, I don't like <laughs> that term calling this a final. And I, I know like in your notes, you have it as a quote in quotes, because in reality, it's not a final, but um, Liverpool do need to get a, a positive result. Any type of point will push them through. Of course, this is considering that Chelsea win their match. And that's something you definitely have to consider because up until today against Brighton, they were actually, I think they, they had won five matches in a row. If, if I got that correct, I mean, I might be wrong, but they had been on a winning streak, including dispatching Liverpool at Stamford Bridge last weekend. Um, I don't like calling it a final, but I understand the sentiment. I do think that, that Liverpool should be able to get this, um, this result. I mean, Brighton, as you mentioned, they, they gave it a good 20 minutes against Man City. Um, you know, Danilo scored first, as you mentioned, and then they got the equalizer within five minutes. And then after that, uh, Ma- Manchester City just took over. Uh, they, they had, uh, 74% pos- uh, possession. They, they outshot Brighton seven to three. Uh, they, they just took over the match. And I think Brighton's safe. You know, they, they're only playing for, for pride at this point. And honestly, the pride for them is the fact that they're going to stay in the Premier League for one more season. They played at the Etihad, so the, there's kind of some parallels there. You know, they're going to play at, at at Anfield. I I think if if they're going to do anything, it'll be within the first 20 minutes to be profession to be professional to see if they can uh, surprise Liverpool off off the front foot. But I honestly don't think that it should be a problem for Liverpool. They should play their best squad, Liverpool, in in my opinion, just because um, I believe they need to keep their 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 players um, fit and match sharp. You definitely want to have that going into a final. Um, just to kind of go back a little bit, I know you mentioned this in your notes, um, you know, history of the tie, if you can call it that, earlier this <laughs> season. Uh, Liverpool beat Brighton uh, away 5-1. Uh, to one. Jean had a goal. There you go, playing professional all the way up until his injury. Firmino obviously had a couple of goals. There was an own goal in there, uh, and Coutinho had a goal. Uh, it was actually, I read an old match report from Sky Sports. Uh, they called it the Coutinho show. No. Two assists. Uh, they credited the own goal to an assist to him. Obviously, his goal from, I believe it was a free kick. He had more shots, created more chances, and completed more dribbles, the most dribbles from the rest of the team. So, away performance during, this was December, so this was definitely one of his last matches. He was definitely playing uh, to showcase himself. Uh, as as the player that he uh, that he is and that what he wanted to be, so that he was more enticing uh, for Barcelona, which was obviously the place he wanted to go. I, I believe he will be missed, but I'm not sure if he'll be missed for this match. Right, uh, right now Liverpool have a lot of players who are in form. Uh, Salah wants to continue on scoring because he's afraid that uh, Kane is probably going to claim ten different goals from two or three different matches throughout the the last uh, day of the season. <laughs> Uh, from everyone. So he's going to want that golden boot. And I, I, I think Liverpool should be able to come through with a victory. They should be aiming for a victory rather than a draw. Uh, I don't believe that Klopp has uh, his setups for his teams are positive when, when he when he tries to go out for a draw. I just don't think it works out for them. Yeah, I don't think Klopp has any other better way of 
setting up for a match except to, you know, attack, attack, attack. That's when we function the best. We end up with results like four one, five, one, three, one in those cases. And I think you're gonna see the exact same here for all the reasons that you mentioned, Jimmy, like Salah uh, chasing the chasing that that boot. And I think you need to see that attack functioning, get the players in a good mood coming out of it. So, I mean, that's the only way that we stand a chance in Kiev is that attack doing what it does because uh, the midfield obviously banged up and the center back pair, the defense is still coming into form and you've got to have Lover and switched on. So I don't see any difference in starting 11 from what we saw in Roma. And maybe you see Lalana, you know, coming on at the 70th minute or whatever to give him some match time. But I, I don't see him in the final at all unless we're up massively, which could happen. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely could. You, you, you don't want to count anything out at this point. We've seen it all. That's true. That's, well, that seems that Liverpool scoring the most goals in Champions League by a wide margin this year. That's how they function. And that's what they've shown history today in Europe and you'd be crazy to expect otherwise. But then again, you've got the quality of Ronaldo and we're going to get into the full analysis of that match leading up with, as we mentioned, some great writers that I think our listeners are really going to enjoy. But getting back to the match of the weekend, Jimmy, why don't you give us our, our talk on listeners, your prediction of score? Oh, a prediction. I think that's uh, that's very interesting. Why don't we just top Man City? Because um, F them, 4-1. Yeah, I, 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 you know, like I mentioned, I think there will be a, a strong starting 11. You, I, I, let me just mention my 11, if you don't mind. And Please. I, I think Carius, uh, Robertson, Virgil van Dijk, Lovren. Uh, I'd be willing to give Klein another start here but then i mean it would contradict what i said earlier which i think that the, the starting 11 that you should see at kiev should be starting so i don't know if trent alexander arner gets in there instead uh milner henderson genie then obviously the front three there's no reason to drop them there's no reason to experiment at this point like you said they had a whole week to prepare for this match that, that probably means that they had you know monday off for sure if not tuesday and then some you know got back to work in the middle of the week just so they could lead up to this. Uh, I would like to see um, Liverpool be up like 4-1, by by like the 70th minute. And, you know, by then Brighton are going to be like, okay, there's just 20 minutes until, you know, we get to go off on vacation. Uh, we're back in the Premier League. There's none to fight for. And then maybe Liverpool can put in some of those uh, those kids in there, uh, including Lalana. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and yeah, give them give them the opportunity to go out there on the field for the last day of the season and uh see see take soak up that opportunity, soak up that atmosphere of uh Liverpool completely solidifying their spot in the Premier League in, in the Champions League next season. Cuz the one thing I don't want and I think everybody is, is in the same boat here. But the the one thing I don't want is the Champions League final to not just be about that title about the history, about adding number six to the trophy cabinet. I don't want it to become a, and we need to win to get into the Champions League. That's just, you You don't want to have that type of uh, baggage on you when you go to this type of final. You want to go in there and think, we're going for history. We're going for big years. Uh, we're going to add to that trophy cabinet. We're going to celebrate. And uh, the whole world is going to be uh, having to recognize how great Liverpool is is in Europe and how good the squad is. And then everyone's going to want to come over uh, so that we can get a world-class goalkeeper, obviously, Jeff. So, uh, 
But I, I just I don't want Liverpool to have to be worrying about our, we need to win this to get into the Champions League. That's the last thing I want. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody does. So I won't disagree on this because we got to agree on something. Uh, my result is somewhere in the four to five nil zone. And I think it happens just as you described. So if we get the early goal, which I'm pretty sure we will at Anfield, they come in with the intensity. The crowd brings the intensity because they know what's on the line. You get that early goal, bunch of pressure relieves. And of course, Brighton needs to be a little bit more aggressive in their attacks. They open up further. They don't typically sit back. So I think they'll just open up more, which is going to allow the attack to run ramshod (laughs) down the middle, which could become 4-0 by half. And what an amazing result that would be to get all the... Yeah, to get all the kids in and, you know, see God. We're not going to see Matt Mati, but we'd love to see Moreno. Uh, it might be his last day in a Liverpool shirt. And, you know, as much spreading the wealth of game minutes as you can, like Woodburn might actually see the pitch. Would love for, to see that. For the first time all season, right? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, unjust, whatever you want to call that. I mean, it would be great to see him play. But uh, definitely for the first half, you're going to see full strength squad and hopefully we'll see a positive result four or five nil. So anyway, that is it for this quick preview of what's to come at the weekend. As I mentioned, we're going to have lots of cool content coming up between match preview with some great writers and we're going to Kiev We're we're taking the talk on podcast on the road and you can expect awesome pre-match tuning in to the environment out there all the crazy reds that will be in kiev hopefully staying out of former russian prison it's not let's not make any any mistakes that would get us in trouble and then hopefully celebrating a great result god forbid um you know we, we don't walk away don't from even kiev. say it jeff don't yeah, even say it i won't don't even say it i won't Thank i'll you. just i'll leave it be but uh we're expecting really good time out there and we're going to take all the listeners along with us so should enjoy that Jimmy, thanks so much for joining the Talk On Podcast. I know you and Chase are very active on Canary and Blue. Why don't you spend a second and tell all of our listeners what they're missing out on, what they should tune into. Oh, well, thanks thanks for that, Chip. That's very nice for you. Canary and Blue Podcast, as you've mentioned, and we've I've, I've mentioned a couple of times when I'm here, we talk about the Brazilian national squad and also the Brazilian superstars all around the world and their different clubs that they play at, including Liverpool. Uh, had more than just one player at one point, so it was very exciting. But right now, we talk a lot about Firmino. We talk about the World Cup. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Canary and, uh, Canary and Blue and uh, on iTunes, Canary and Blue as well. Cool, man. And you can find me on the Twitter, Jeff underscore Hallett. You can find Talk On Podcast at Talk On FP. And as always, Jimmy, thanks for joining course thanks everybody for listening love (laughs) love you too brother uh talk on talk on talk on talk on talk on